Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. So good to have you guys here. We had Matt Ellenbost and Randy leading worship for us today. Let's thank the team. You guys did a great job. Thank you very much. How many parents out there are willing to give a little praise for school starting? Anybody with me? Praise the Lord. So one of the things I love about the beginning of the school year is we do all kinds of special things at the beginning. You'll see everybody taking pictures. You see our kids are over at Thompson Station Elementary Middle. They put, you know, signs on the ground. There's balloons out. You have orientations where you're meeting uh, parent, uh, teachers and you're meeting. I, I met the art teacher and she said, yeah, I've got like 800 students. She's like, she has 800 students that filter through her class over the course of the year at that school. And you're just kind of celebrating and marking the moment, which I love. And it's great for our kids. And then of course, at the end of the year, you do the same thing. All these special events, pictures, sometimes tears, celebrations, special meals, celebrating the hard work of the kids over the year. And what you're doing is you are marking what is important. And we all do this in life. How you choose to start things and end things always has significance. And as we've been watching the Olympics too, there's this one uh, female athlete for America, Sydney Michelle McLaughlin who got the world record for the women's 400 meter hurdle. Anybody see that? Amazing. She killed it. She's only like 22 years old and she's a strong follower of Christ. And for her, she's been building up on this really lifelong, but especially this five-year journey. Normally it's a four-year Olympic cycle, but missing 2020, these five years building up to these Tokyo Olympics, intense training. She gets to the moment, the pinnacle, she wins gold. She breaks the world record. And here's what she says. Records come and go. The glory of God is eternal. I no longer run for self-recognition, but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. What a great testimony from that young woman. Isn't that amazing? She chose to put the exclamation point on the end of that five-year journey by praising the Lord publicly. And today, it's a great example for us because we're actually finishing our over three-month-long series on the Psalms. And we're looking at Psalm 150, which is the last Psalm, and it emphasizes praising the Lord. Listen to what Stephen Cole said. As you come to the end of the Psalms, God does not want you to miss the priority of praise. Each of the last five Psalms from 146 to 150 begins and ends with the Hebrew word hallelujah, also translated praise the Lord. Praise is the theme of each of these Psalms. It is like a mounting crescendo at the climax of a great symphony. The theme of praise has dominated all the Psalms, but as the end approaches, the conductor brings in each section of the orchestra in one grand finale of praise. Psalm 150 is the climax of the climax where we are exhorted 13 times in these six verses to praise the Lord. And I love how scholar David Guzik says it, give unlimited praise to the God who is unlimited in greatness. And I have to give 
this scholar, David Guzik, some credit because I liked the way he framed Psalm 150 so much and some of the language that he used that I just borrowed a lot of it from him to frame out this sermon on Psalm 150. And we start by looking at verse one, which says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. This first verse, if you think about it, answers the where of praise. Number one, praise the Lord in every place. It says, yes, praise him in the sanctuary. Amazing. I love hearing the congregation lift their voice and sing. But also praise him in his mighty heavens, which basically encapsulates everything, the ever-expanding universe. Praise him in all of it. There is no sacred space just because it's a space. There is sacred space because it is where we choose to praise the Lord. You are the sacred space. You are the one the presence of God dwells in. So we really shouldn't use language like I'm gonna go to the church or I'm gonna, and talk about this building because this building is a wonderful tool for us and it's a beautiful space that we're so thankful for. But at the end of the day, you and I are the church. Our friends and other congregations around this city are the church. We're gathered as the church here in Middle Tennessee. And we are commanded here to praise the Lord, where? In every place. There's this great conversation that Jesus has with a Samaritan woman found in the book of John chapter four. If you don't know some of the history, uh, the Samaritans and the Jews, which Jesus was a Jew and this woman was a Samaritan, did not associate at all. They wouldn't even talk to each other. They wouldn't hang out. They would pass each other on the street and, and were essentially enemies. And Jesus has this conversation with a Samaritan and even more than that, a Samaritan woman. So breaking all these rules. And they talk about all kinds of fascinating things. But one of the things they get to is worship. She realizes he's a prophet, doesn't fully realize who he is, of course. And once she realizes he's a prophet, she says, well, you, the Jews, try to tell us that we have to worship only in Jerusalem but we, the Samaritans, our ancestors, have worshiped on this mountain for years. And then Jesus gives her this brilliant thing that we still talk about today, and I'm just paraphrasing it. But he says, the Father, and a time is coming when we will worship the Lord in spirit and in truth because the Father seeks worshipers that worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, it's not about worshiping on the mountain or in Jerusalem. True worshipers worship the, the God of the heavens and the earth anywhere in the heavens and the earth and they do it in spirit and in truth. There's this incredible spot. Some of you guys might know it. It's called Estes Park, Colorado. Any fans in the house? Okay, in first service, we had a few people that used to live right there and they shouted louder for Estes Park, Colorado than they did for the Lord in first service. I'm just saying. I, I, I called them out publicly and shamed them, but they, <laughs> just kidding. It's a beautiful place. If you haven't visited, anybody been to the Rocky Mountains? absolutely incredible. It feels like you're entering the kingdom of God. Like it's just astounding how beautiful it is. It doesn't take away from the beauty of Middle Tennessee. Love Middle Tennessee or Southern California where Jess and I used to be. Gorgeous places everywhere, but there's something about the vast openness of the Rocky Mountains. And there's this place, I think about 8,000 feet up called Estes Park, where I used to go to songwriting retreats in my young 20s for, for this songwriting community. And man, you just worship God on the mountaintop. And the, the air is thin up there, so you don't have as much breath as you normally have, but you are not withholding because it is so majestic. Then there's this little YMCA there that has a, a, a tiny little prayer chapel where I just had such powerful encounters with God to the point that to this day, every once in a while, I'll make a, 
uh, I'll intentionally go visit that area. I'll see some friends there. I have one mentor that lives there. I'll minister to church or something like that just to go visit that little prayer chapel. And I'll go there to seek the Lord because I have such high expectations there and great memories there. But it's really important for me to remember that that little prayer chapel actually has nothing to do with me connecting with God. It's just a place. And if it got torn down, it might be torn down now. I haven't been there in a number of years. But if it got torn down, I'd be sad, but it wouldn't be the end of the world because the presence of the Lord is everywhere. And we praise the Lord in every place. You tracking with me? And it helps us frame all these things that we have as tools to facilitate the gathering of the people of God, like the YMCA does up there. Praise the Lord in every single place. And then he says in verse two, praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. This answers the why of praise. Praise the Lord for every reason. Last Sunday, I taught about answered prayer out of Psalm 138. And if you did the homework assignment, you spent time writing down all these answered prayers that you're living in. Because usually we're living in more answered prayers than we realize. And I wanna encourage you, look at that list or think about it now and praise the Lord for every answered prayer in your life. And then praise the Lord for this great salvation as this author Horn says, mighty were the acts which God wrought for Israel and great was the Holy One in the midst of his ancient people. But mightier acts did he perform in Christ Jesus for the redemption of the world. So praise him for every reason, including this great salvation. When you go to any place, begin to praise the Lord for every reason. How many of you guys sat in any of the traffic uh, that was from the new outdoor concert venue here the last couple of days? Anybody? I sat in it for a while. How many people here love praising the Lord in traffic? Anybody? Is that your first inclination? I mean, there were people that bought, if you don't know, there's this new 7,500 seat outdoor amphitheater like a mile from here that just opened up and there's just no adequate way to get in there. It's a tons, it's tons of little one, like two lane roads going by a bunch of people's homes. The traffic was so bad that I heard one guy, he, he bought two tickets for $600 to this benefit concert with, with all these country artists. And I think he missed like three quarters of it just because it took over two hours to park. That's how ill-equipped they were for the parking scenario. But God says, even in the middle of that situation, our car is meant to be one of those every places where we praise the Lord. And we're meant to still cling to those reasons of why we praise him. There's this one teacher, uh, Robert Morris, who I would recommend you listening to his stuff. I mean, he's not quite like a Nathan at Graceland, if you know what I'm saying. Just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so far below Robert Morris. Yeah, he, he'll crush me every time. So don't watch him too much because then you'll never want to hear, hear me preach again. But he's a great teacher that I would recommend. And I'm just joking, of course. It's so wonderful how we have access to all this teaching in today's day and age. But he was once talking about his struggle with pornography as a young man and how it came into his adulthood, the temptations. And a lot of you guys, of course, have walked uh, that challenge out, including myself. Almost every guy I know, especially in my generation, but older than that too, has battled that to some degree. And the thing about pornography and fill in the blank with anything that you might struggle with, it, it happens in the secret place. It happens when you're alone. It, it has to do with your inner life and it has to do when no one else sees you. And Robert Morris was just sharing about how 
the enemy wanted to steal so badly what happened in the secret place of his life. He wanted to be dominated with temptation and sin because what God had in store for the secret place of his life was to, for it to be the most intimate place of communion with God, right? And so the enemy attacks that extra, extra hard because, because God wants our secret place to be with him. And as I was preparing for this, I just wanna encourage, there's probably some of you here who need to like reclaim the secret place and, and declare it as a place of praising the Lord rather than a place of just falling into sin or a place where you're just crushed by temptation and you give in to compromise. Even if you're still struggling with whatever you're struggling with, because we all struggle, we're all there together. It's one of the things the Psalms shows us is we're, we're in the same battles. There's no like perfection here, but we're moving towards holiness, which we're given in Christ positionally. We're trying to let our lives catch up to that. While we're doing that, don't let your secret place be dominated by guilt and shame and temptation. Let's redeclare it as one of those every places where we praise the Lord. Tracking with me? Because God wants to have intimate fellowship with you in the secret place. And if you fall, if you compromise with sin in the secret place, and then you still just wallow in the guilt and shame of that, it's like you're losing twice, right? It's like the enemy wins twice. Just because you fall short, get up again, cling to the gospel again, remind yourself of those every reasons, praise him for every reason. Wait a second, God has clothed me in righteousness. God has called me his beloved. I fall short, but I cling to him. Like the Olympic athlete quoted as she was giving praise to God, she said, I don't have anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. And that's even in the midst of your failure. So you can reclaim the every place of the secret place. It belongs to the Lord. May it be a place of praise to the Lord and then remind yourself of all of these incredible reasons. Then the psalmist goes on in verse three to say, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. And this part answers the how of praise. Praise the Lord with every expression. All of them. I'm a firm believer. Any noise made in honor of God is an act of praise. You might be tone deaf. I want you to come to Graceland Church and sing your guts out. Yes, I do, Ryan. I'm talking to you. We're not gonna give you a mic on stage. Don't worry about that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> There's something about any sound made in honor of God that I believe delights his heart and actually changes the atmosphere around us when you choose to declare the praises of God. And that goes for every instrument, every style of music. I don't think there's anything outside the realm of it can be used to praise God. You know, all styles of music, I kind of like just because I'm such a music fan and have grown up writing songs and all that. And I just so enjoy it. Um, you may love or you may not love bluegrass. Let's just do a survey. How many bluegrass fans do we have in the house? I'm just curious. How many are like never bluegrass? That's the one thing I can't do. A few, I figured. It's a, bluegrass is a pretty polarizing style. Well, you can praise the Lord of bluegrass. Can I get an amen? How many um, like hip hop fans do we have in the house? Rap. Let me see those hands. How many you're like, that's the one thing I can't do? There's probably a few. Yeah, it's always, it's a, it's a little bit polarizing. You can praise the Lord with hip hop and with R&B and all these things can praise the Lord. You might not know this about me, your pastor, 
But I started playing music because I wanted to start a punk rock band when I was in high school. So we're talking like, I was all chained up. I was patches everywhere. I was studs all over the place. I was different colors hair. And I was talking, I, I started playing guitar just to start a band. And I could show you pictures. I should have brought pictures today of like us doing these big jumps at concerts and crowd surfing, loud, crazy music. Uh, that some people would say, how could that ever like not be demonic? <laughs> and I'm just telling you, you can praise the Lord with punk rock music. You can praise the Lord with heavy metal. You can praise the Lord with the beautiful hymns that we love. Hymns are polarizing. Some people love hymns, some people don't love them. I love hymns. You can praise the Lord when there's a really good mix. Travis gave us a great mix today. Let's hear it for Travis in the back. Good mix in the house. But we don't praise the Lord because there's a good mix. You can praise the Lord to a really bad mix. <laughs> when we show up to praise the Lord at the church here at Graceland, when we gather, um, we don't, we're not like waiting for the cues of a worship leader. Let's not, let's not do that. We just show up and we start praising the Lord together. It is a house of prayer. So come early and just start praising him. You don't even have to sing the song. Just lift up your heart before God. It can be quiet, it can be loud, you can dance, you can clap, you can sit, you can kneel. It doesn't matter, but we show up to praise the Lord. Are you with me? That, that is a beautiful thing. Praise the Lord with every expression. The list of instruments, this is Boyce again. The list of instruments is not meant to be a comprehensive, though it may be. We do not know all the exact instruments the ancient Jews had. The point is actually that everything you have can be used to worship God. I love also studying, especially worship music from different generations and from different cultures. So I love the music that came out of the Jesus movement, like in the 70s. Anybody grow up on that? My parents were very affected by that. Therefore, I was very affected by it. And I just love, I was listening to Chuck Gerard this morning, sometimes Alleluia. Anybody know that? One, two, okay, three, thank you. Be, be with me here, people. Come on, where's, my, where's the hippie Jesus movement people? We got some California right here. Beautiful, and it just, and I love listening to the worship from 100 years ago because it reminds me in an entirely different culture, dealing with all kinds of different issues and all kinds of different realities, they were worshiping the same God and clinging to the same promises. And it sounded different and the songs were different. And that's the beauty of this vast God that we serve. I've also worshiped with one of the last nomadic tribes in East Africa, in Tanzania. And, and they, they sing and say stuff that I've never heard. And they do things that I've never even been around, but you're in the presence of the living God. Worship him with every expression. That's why the noise up above us with youth and our elementary kids over there, it doesn't bother me because every, every stomped foot in my mind is an act of worship. Here they are being taught the way of Jesus. There's no better place for them to be. And so we praise the Lord for all these things. Praise him with every expression. One other contextual point, listen to what McLaren said. The broad list of musical instruments tells us that God wants every class and group of people to praise him because these instruments were normally played by different types of people. The horn was the curved shofar blown by the priests, exclusively by them. The harp and the psaltery were played by the Levites, exclusively. The, the timbrels were struck by people dancing. Playing on stringed instruments and pipes, and pipes and cymbals were not reserved for the Levites. So you had this sense of um, were, uh, music and instrumentation and all the different voices and ways we express our worship reminds us we're all the same at the foot of the cross. Here we are together. That's why I love 
You know that trend right now with videos online, uh, like uh, mob flash dances? Is that what they're called? Where like, I'm getting the name wrong. Is it flash mob? Thank you. Yeah, flash dance doesn't sound right. Flash mob. Um, all of a sudden people start dancing in the middle of like a public square and you realize they had this whole thing planned. And there's something that pulls humanity together when that kind of stuff happens because you just realize, oh, we all love this, this dancing that's happening. They're not all like that, but some of them are like that. I, I love when I'm in a place, have you ever been on like an airplane traveling and they find out it's someone's birthday and you all sing happy birthday? Or there's something unifying about singing together. Well, the, the picture that Matt talked about during worship of, of the book of Revelation and the saints and the heavenly hosts and the elders and the creatures all worshiping with one song. It's like the, the perfect unity of, of humanity Every generation past, beyond space and time, lifting up one song of worship to God. You could never feel more united as a people and we're created for that. I have to believe that's gonna be part of what heaven is. This new heavens and this new earth. We're, like think about the person you are closest with, the most intimacy, the most trust, fully knowing and fully loving each other. It's like we're gonna have that collectively. Yet at the same time, still have this beautiful sense of some kind of individuality. I don't know, it's this lovely mystery, but we're created for connection and singing, I feel like is a preview of heaven. It's the same reason why sports games are so powerful. When you go to live sports events, there's nothing more uniting for all of culture. We used to go to LA Dodgers games. And I mean, it was like, you have every kind of person you could imagine from LA screaming for the same thing at the same time. It's the only time that ever happens in that city. You're gonna grab arms with like the, the lawyer from downtown LA and, the, and the, the dude who just literally, someone gave him a ticket and he's off the street. And the, the, you know, across the spectrum of every race, every culture, every socioeconomic class, go Dodgers, this is the greatest day ever. Give me a Dodger dog, Get pass the drink. You know what I mean? It's uniting. And it's a preview of what we will ultimately have in new heavens and new earth. It's the kingdom of God. It's what the church is meant to be now. You know it when you're in it. Are you guys tracking with me much at all here? Yes, it's powerful. And this is part of praising the Lord with every expression. You can't get to that place if when people start lifting up different expressions, you're like, nope, 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 nope. It's more like, yeah, praise him with every expression. Praise him. The Lord is worthy of all of it. Then he, he starts to close the Psalm with this iconic line, let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. And it answers the who of praise. Everything and everyone that has breath. Number four, praise the Lord with every available breath. I've always loved how Matt Redmond says it, breathe in his grace and breathe out his praise. And then the whole book of Psalms, these 150 chapters end with the three words, praise the Lord. It's like the exclamation point. If you think back to Psalm 1-1, it started with blessed is the one. Those are the first four words. And it starts articulating these two paths. You can either go down the path of delighting in the word of God and the law of God. You can go down the path of taking counsel from the wicked. And it starts articulating these two realities that you can choose to walk on. And then it gets to the end. If you choose to walk, blessed is the one who goes in this path. And as you do it, you get to the end. And the last three words of Psalm 156, 2,461 verses later, praise the Lord. So number five, walk in all the blessing of God and give 
all your praise to God. You're called to walk in all his blessing. Let's remember some of these themes we've looked at over these months. You can pour out your heart to God just as it is. The Psalms invite us to complete honesty with him. Remember the faithfulness of God in the past. When you're struggling, struggle with God, not away from God. It's a theme in the Psalms. Preach the promises of God to your own soul. You didn't know this, but you're meant to be a preacher. Preach to yourself. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? That's one of the themes of the Psalms as Heather brilliantly talked about a couple weeks ago. Walk in the blessing. Praise the Lord in every circumstance. I like how Meyer says it. The Psalter begins with blessed and ends with hallelujah. He also says, your life may resemble the Psalter with its varying moods, its light and shadow, its sob and smile, but it will end with hallelujahs. If only you will keep true to the will and way and work of the most holy. So as we wrap these few months of teaching and study, let's not forget the themes. Let's cling to the promises. And we're gonna close this service with a giant exclamation point of praising the Lord. I'm gonna have the band come up. My wife and I have had the privilege of starting several ministries and churches in our life. We're really grateful that God called us to, to do that, especially in the early years of our marriage. We've been doing it for about 15 years. And because of that, we tend to get focused on goals. When you're starting something, you're thinking about what is not yet, and you're trying to move yourself and a group of people towards some kind of out there that we're not yet. And because of that, one of my temptations was always to like live too much out there in where we're trying to get. And God, early on in that journey years ago, started to teach me this lesson of, you know, Nathan, don't get so consumed with what's next that you miss all the beauty of what's now, especially as it relates to your call to praise the Lord. Like we don't wait to praise the Lord until we fulfill all the goals. We're invited into praising the Lord, which is part of our highest calling in life right now. And that's what I think was evident in that young Olympian. She's living her life before the Lord. And even though she just reached this pinnacle, you can't get any higher of an accomplishment than world record. She's there. She's only 22 years old. And she's got a great chance of staying healthy and whole emotionally and spiritually because she's choosing to end it the same way that it's so clear that she started it by saying records come and go, but the glory of God is eternal. And remind herself that she doesn't have anything, but by grace through faith in Jesus, she has everything. So let's do this. We have lots of dreams at Graceland Church. We have vision that God has put in our heart. We have, we have forward motion together. You have dreams in your own life. I'm privileged to know a lot of them from just being your pastor and getting to talk to you and hear stuff in your heart. It's such a joy. You should have dreams and visions and write them down and figure out steps towards it. But let's not get consumed by that and miss the fact that we can live in this wondrous high calling right now and praise the Lord in every place, for every reason and with every expression and with every available breath. May every breath be an act of praise to the Lord. Let's not wait until we see things line up just like we want to praise the Lord. Let's praise Him 
now. Let's step into the calling now. Let's step into the joy now. So, Father, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for the gift of the songs, these incredible poems and songs and artistry and honesty and hope and promise. Thank you for the exclamation point in the last few chapters of the Psalms to praise the Lord. And we heed that call today. And we just declare to ourselves, of of ourselves, as a church and as individuals, I will praise the Lord in every place. And maybe you need to reclaim that secret place. Or maybe you need to reclaim a place of frustration. Maybe it's like being stuck in traffic, but it's metaphorical of life. Just the, the blockades you're running into. Let's reclaim those not of places of anger, but as places of praise to the Lord the places of temptation or compromise. Let's reclaim those places of praise to the Lord. Think about wherever you live your life publicly, at school or at work or perhaps online or whatever your field is. Let's reclaim any maybe shame that we would have about the Lord or embarrassment. Let's say this will be a place of praise to the Lord because my whole life is going to declare records come and go, accomplishment comes and go, the waves of culture comes and go, but the glory of God is eternal. The good news of Jesus is forever. The word stands and my life will be to praise him. And like this song says, it's quite literally your breath, Lord, in my lungs. And it's a gift. And I want to use this breath to pour out my praise back to you. Let's stand together, church, as we sing this. And let's sing it loud and let's lift our praise up. Team, you can lead us. Thank you for your goodness and faithfulness in our life, Lord. May you receive the highest praise of our hearts. More than a sports game, more than any concert or event, more than starting a school year. God, we praise you as the one who is deserving of all praise. Unlimited praise for the God of unlimited greatness. It's all yours, Lord. May our lives be marked by praise. May this church be marked by praise. We point glory to you, God. We point people to you, Jesus. Hope of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Before I pray this benediction, um, thank you for being here. It's an honor to worship with you guys. Um, As a lot of you know, we are getting ready on September 12th to launch full kids ministry also in our first service. And I gotta tell you, first service is creeping up on you guys. This service was getting overly full and especially our kids' spaces. And so we're, we're, we're building out that second one. And here's my encouragement to you. If second service is gonna be your service, um, commit to this one. Some of you guys I know are gonna transition to first service, which we need as well. Some of you families, now that we have full kids' ministry in that service, are gonna switch. And we just wanna serve you as best as it works for you. So you can serve one, you can attend one, you can just attend one if that's all you can do right now. Some people are serving both. We have uh, hired uh, childcare for the whole morning for some of the kids who were here all morning like my own. So they go to our ministries. We also have people that take care of them from 7.30 on. So you you can come in and serve. But my encouragement to you is, you are the team for this service. We need you to show up early for this service. You're the hospitality team. You're the prayer team. Like I said about worship, you don't wait for some call to worship. You show up and you worship. 
It's a house of prayer. You welcome people in. And we, we fill this one out. And, and these seats get filled with people that need Jesus right now. And then we just grow simply and healthily as God builds his church. It's just as simple as that. But be praying because that's going to be September 12th. And things like baptisms and special things with kids are going to be in both of the services. So you guys that are going to switch to first are going to get all those same incredible. We're not going to baptize people twice, but we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to, you know, spread them out between the different services. Imagine if we said to people, you can get baptized here, but you got to do every service. We're going to get you good. Might work. I don't know. But um, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, But just... It's a beautiful season in the life of the church. If you're new, it's a beautiful time to step in. We're praying for God to bring the right people that are kind of building the foundation here uh, for building out this land of grace and what God has called you to. So if you want to get connected, talk to me, talk to Heather, uh, who, who did scripture reading and prayer earlier and announcements, and she can connect you with anything in the life of the church. And a reminder on Mum Life, you can register online, and a lot of the other ministries are going to be starting up this fall. You'll be hearing about that. But let me pray this benediction then we'll be dismissed. It's out of Romans 16. I give all my praises and glory to the one who has more than enough power to make you strong and keep you steadfast through the promises found in the gospel. That is the proclamation of Jesus, the anointed one. This wonderful news includes the unveiling of the mystery kept secret from the dawn of creation until now. This mystery is understood through the prophecies of the scripture and by the decree of the eternal God. And it is now heard openly by all the nations, igniting within them a deep commitment of faith. Now to God, the only source of wisdom, be glorious praises for endless ages through Jesus, the anointed one. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Love you guys very much. Have a great afternoon.